Welcome to Ulrig Observations, a series of short podcasts by Castletown Heritage Society, exploring the social history and heritage of the village of Castletown and the parish of Ulrig in Caithness, Scotland. Episode 13. Echoes of the Past on Ulrig Hill. The prominent high ground of the Hill of Ulrig reflects events of this area's long history. Some traces are still plainly visible, others need searching for, and some remain only in their place names. Seen from our village, our hill is marked by two tall radio masts. Its position is obviously ideal for receiving and sending information. I remember standing by a bonfire on top of the hill some 30 years ago, waiting for the glimpse of a beacon lit on the summit of Morven to send a fiery signal to Wideford Hill in Orkney. It must have been a royal jubilee. No doubt Ulrich Hill was used in this way over the millennia. Its sister, Cooper's Hill above Lochside, certainly was, as its name derives from Kupf, meaning head or top, and fir, meaning fire or beacon. Over the centuries, local people have taken advantage of our high ground. Up to the 1600s, the public were invited to witness the hanging of criminals at a spot called Gallows Hill. Those found guilty of robbery, murder, heresy and treason were punished in this way. The public nature of the punishment served to show the king's authority and acted as a dire warning to others. In fact, it is thought that there were two hanging sites on Aldrig Hill, one on the Aldrig side, or Castletown side, and the other overlooking Stemster, called Ghoul Law. A few centuries later, the hill was used to send a message of joy and congratulations. The the son of the owner of the Aldrig estate, James Smith, had come of age in 1853. The local press reported... The village of Castletown was very finely illuminated and also all the houses in the vicinity. Some splendid fireworks were displayed at the mansion house at intervals during the day. Flags were waving from every house in the neighbourhood. One of Mr Innes of Hayfields being principally conspicuous, on which was written in large letters, Prosperity to the Roof Tree of Ulrich. The poor on the estate were not forgotten, provisions having been liberally distributed among them in the course of the day. The people soon returned from the hill and kept up the dance until the wee small hours ayant the toile, beyond midnight. Whiskey and ale were dealt out at Libertant, but perfect harmony reigned among young and old and mirth and jollity universally prevailed. Some 60 years later, in 1912, Ulrich Hill played a major part in a full-scale military exercise involving the territorial force, the forerunner of the TA. As part of their annual camp manoeuvres, artillerymen, light infantry, scouting patrols on bicycles and horse-drawn gun carriages were all involved in the storming of Clindrag Hill above Bray Edge. Patrols rendezvoused on the top of Ulrich Hill from where the enemy's gun positions were eventually spotted. 
Deciding against hauling the gun carriage to the top of Ulrich Hill to blast away at the foe on Clindrag, the commander ordered a camp to be established at Garth to rest his weary troops. Just as they were digging themselves in, intelligence came in that immediate action was needed. Parties of men were dispatched in the dark to storm the enemy's hilltop position. The attack was successful. A training exercise it may have been, but the same men who complained about marching in the dark, digging trenches and latrines, were to live through the real thing only three years later, in the killing fields of Festubert, Flanders. The story goes that when trees were first planted on the Aldrig estate, they were arranged to spell out the word Aldrig when seen from the top of the hill with the pond representing the letter O. Allegedly, some trees had to be felled at the start of World War I to avoid enemy aircraft being alerted to the place name. All too soon, another war loomed and Ulrich Hill again played its part in World War II. On the summit, a small building was built for the coastal watchers, led by Miss Stroma Sinclair of the Royal Navy, daughter of Admiral Edwin Sinclair of Dwarick House, now the House of the Northern Gate. The group included Dorothy Calder, Lizzie Junior and Vida Houston. They became highly skilled in aircraft recognition. Stroma Sinclair was famously accompanied everywhere by her dog, Miska. Now named Signal Hill by the military, it housed a field battery of the 111 Artillery Field Regiment based in the lower slopes behind the house for invasion defence purposes. The camp was for billeting only, no mess hall was provided. Each soldier carried and used his mess tin at mealtimes. The remains of the chimney gable end of the building still stands in the field. In recent times, this became a favourite spot for girl guide and scout camps. The sounds of ging, gang, gully, 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 watcha would ring out through the woods at the end of the day. In 1957, BT erected the first of the masts we see today, relaying communication between Thrumster and Whiteford Hill, Orkney. Improvements followed to the mast and the range of transmission extended to Kertome Betty Hill, with the large flat dishes installed by 2007. But the hill was not of use solely as a signal point. It was also an early site of human habitation. Judging from the remains of one or possibly two chambered cairns found on the lower slopes of the Castleturn side and a long cairn on the Hillclay side, the area was inhabited in Neolithic times around 4000 BC. The beginning of farming as opposed to hunting and gathering for an existence. People left signs of farming there in the Iron Age too, say around 800 BC. Paul Humphreys, the archaeologist, recorded traces of cattle stockades and walled cultivated areas at the very top of the hill. Evidence of later medieval life there probably suggests a shielding site 
where cattle were kept on the grassy hill to graze for the summer, tended by women and children who lived in temporary shelters and would make butter and cheese from the rich milk. Some of the legends passed down relating to the hill would seem to bear this out. One Peter Waters, known as the Piper of Windy Ha, a cottage just below the summit, encountered a strange lady dressed in green while watering his cattle at the well of Siza on the south side of the hill. She promised to make him rich. The choice of a book or a set of pipes would put him on a wealthy career either as a preacher or a piper. The condition was his return to Siza in exactly seven years' time. This happened and Peter set out in good time but was never seen again. Yet the sound of his pipes is said to be still heard, carried on the wind. A tale from Norse mythology tells tells an amazing story centred on Siza too. A man called Dorad paused on his way home at the spring where grass grew lush and bright. He was astonished to see 12 female riders galloping up the hillside. He followed and saw them disappear into the hill. As he watched, the women using swords, skulls and arrows began to weave a bloody web of men's entrails. They were the fates, or Valkyries, deciding the outcome of the Battle of Clontarf in Ireland, fought in 1014. And the fate of Brian Boru, Sigurd and many brave fighters. When the weaving was complete, the twelve riders rode off with a web, tearing it in different directions. They would sweep up the brave warriors from the battlefield and convey them to Valhalla, paradise of heroes. It's amazing to think that the writer of the Orkneyinga saga placed the foretelling of the battle on the far side of Ulrich Hill. Nothing much has changed today. Cattle still munch the grass on the slopes of Aldrig Hill. Jets from Lossy Mouth, or is it Kinloss these days, still use the hill as a reference point on their sorties. Horses still use the bridle paths on the hill, but their lady riders don't look anything like Valkyries. I did once hear the mournful sound of pipes on the lower slopes of the hill. Was it Peter Waters? No, it was Graham Geddes walking round from the village, practising for the next performance of the Thurzo Pipe Band. If you would like to find out more about Castletown Heritage Society, the village of Castletown or the parish of Ulrig, visit our website www.castletownheritage.co.uk.